Hey world, it's your host Marshall. Thanks for tuning into my podcast, Run On Thoughts. Here we talk about everything and nothing because we are not afraid to be all of ourselves even as we evolve. And that's my thought for my fellow thought thinkers as we unpack our traumas, past hurts, and other BS. Y'all ready? Let's go. Let's go. Where are we going today? I hope you guys are ready for today's episode. On today's episode, we will be discussing revisionist history as it relates to relationships. I can't begin to discuss with you guys the number of times on social media and even in my real life that I have seen people be upset with younger people for their toxic relationships or or perceived toxic relationships and compare their relationships to relationships of our forefathers, our ancestors, our grandparents. And it shocks me because as soon as I see this, I'm like, these people must have revisionist history because that is not what it was. So I looked up the word revisionist history, of course, because you know, words are my love. So when I looked up revisionist history, it says, when used as a criticism in everyday conversation, revisionist history refers to conscious, intentional misstatements about things in the past. Literally, the reinterpretation of a historical account. Reinterpretation of a historical account. So I thought about this and I was like, okay, so why are people having revisionist history as it relates to relationships? And I thought about this. I looked up some other words too, and we'll discuss those later, but I looked up feminine energy, masculine energy, and you know what we really need is balance. But first, I wanted to take you guys on a journey of why this is revisionist history and exactly what was having happening back then. I do understand that it seems that today, people are less likely to have healthy relationships. And I do believe that that is true. However, it's not less true of the past, right? It was a different time with different rules and a different set of circumstances. And sometimes the correlation is not correct because we are leaving out truths or the perception of, because I do believe that what is happening is that we are judging our grandparents at a different time. And many of us seem to have missed the beginnings of their relationship. So I just want to say this, women were property like slaves. Women were not seen as equal members of a society. For centuries, their sole purpose was to increase, increase the wealth of a man while increasing the legacy of said man by bearing children. The desires of women were not weighed evenly against the wants of men. Our foremother's role in the family was that of a servant. So you see what I'm saying? Women didn't have a choice in how they were going to be presented in the family. So this idea of saying that you want what your grandparents had when your grandmother in particular 
didn't even have a say in the role that she was going to have is actually absurd, right? And to think about your grandfather, he didn't even have to be nice. If a man was good to a woman, it was an added bonus, but did not measure his obligation as a husband. Now take that, right? When a man's job was to protect and provide, and a woman needed a man to sustain a lifestyle, said man didn't have to be kind or nice or loving. That was a bonus. He yielded the power in the relationship. So even as he did things wrong, this woman couldn't make a decision to leave. Society reflected that it would make it hard for her to leave if she so chose to leave. If a man was an alcoholic, could you imagine coming home to some drunk? If a man gambled away the family money, committed adultery, had children outside of the marriage? Now this one, I know many, 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 many people who have grandparents or even fathers who have children that live across town and their mother is still with said man. What was she going to do? Remember in that movie Fences when Denzel was seeing that other woman and Viola Davis asked him if he was going to stop seeing the woman and that mother Effa had the nerve to say, no, she's my sunshine. What did Viola do? What could she do? She was a homemaker. She took care of her family the best she knew how. And she had the nerve to believe that she was in a good marriage. And yet still, here this man was making a decision to not stop seeing the other woman. And then he had the audacity to get the other woman pregnant. She died and then Viola had to take care of the other child. Get the freak out of here. I will say that at least in the movie Fences, she had some level of strength and was able to make demands and let this man know that although I was going to be taking care of the child, I would no longer be taking care of you as your wife. Ain't that some shit? He had the balls to say that he was not going to stop and you should take care of my child. And then let's not forget physical abuse. Many women were abused mentally, emotionally, spiritually, financially, and physically. And even if you went to your church or your clergy, they would tell you to stay. In some instances, women were told that it was their fault, that they needed to do things that would um, stop misbehaving or make him love you, or it's my fault, or he's just having a hard time. The excuses lie from ceiling to floor about the number of women who have been told to maintain being subjected to abuse because it was better for the family and it was her job as a woman to be the sacrificial lamb because she needed to preserve the family and take this shit and yet still people are talking about that's what they want it's oftentimes men, but I do see women have the same ideology about wanting what their grandparents have. And I'm like, okay, the crazy notion about that is that 
I'm like, have you never spoken to your parents? Have you never spoken to your grandmother? Have you never realized that she had a story that was present before she was your grandmother? That your grandfather had a story before he was your grandfather and it always wasn't a bed of roses or them sitting on the porch rocking in a rocking chair and drinking on lemonade? Societal norms didn't allow for a woman to have a freaking say-so, right? A woman didn't have the resources set up to go out in the world and live. She couldn't thrive outside of marriage. A woman couldn't vote until 1920. And that's white women. I don't even want to get started talking about black women. Women couldn't own a home alone until the 1970s. Owning a bank account? Now that didn't even happen until the 1960s. Now a credit card, whoo, my hand is burning because if y'all know me, y'all know that I shop a lot. I'm trying to get better. I save a lot, but I also shop a lot. I got a real problem. But could you imagine me not being able to have a credit card until 1974? I was born in 75. 75, y'all. I was born in 75 and I couldn't even have a credit card child support now that didn't even happen to the year that I was born women who chose to leave the family because they were being disrespected disregarded cheated on beat on or undervalued had to leave with nothing many women became homeless and poor or had to go seek another relationship and hope that some man would care enough about you and all your children to accept all of you and then leverage that and then treat you like worse crap than the first man. Ain't that some fucking shit? I'm sorry that I'm cursing so soon, but this revisionist history without acknowledging the history is what really burns me up. So then imagine wanting to leave and you realize something that these women, I'm sure, already knew, but that unequal wages, public scrutiny, religious scrutiny, your grandma put up with a lot of shit because it appeared easier for many navigating society than being on her own. So this idea of blind love is ridiculous, right? It fails to acknowledge the root of longevity. What do I mean by that? We celebrate our grandparents' 50th anniversary and people say things like, oh, I want that. What part of it do you want? Just the longevity? No one has thought about all the work, perseverance, sacrifice, blood, sweat, and tears and I'm sure that there were many women who voluntarily were went along for the ride, right? But then there were others who were forced on the ride. And those are the people that I am talking about. The women who lasted 50 years, not because they wanted to, but because it was easier to, I don't want to cry. It was easier to allow your heart and your desires 
to lay dormant than it was to go out to the world with all of the societal pressures of being a woman and especially of being a woman with children. Society would eat you alive. So when we celebrate our grandparents' 50th anniversary, anniversary without having a conversation with them about how they arrived at this point, that's some shit. You know what I'm saying? That's some real shit. Now, I do understand that because I also wanted to talk about this also was inspired by T.D. Jakes. I saw a small snippet of what he said. And although I didn't hate all of it, I understood how many people could be offended, right? Because it emphasized the effects of patriarchal rule and the disregard of women's needs and not stating it as the cause. Women have agency over their bodies and their wallets and with that comes choices and they are choosing to be alone and happy if a helpmate is not available. Everything he stated in his speech about men feeling needed is not the responsibility of women. Why are men not evolving to understand the power in being wanted? I know why. They have historically always been needed. They are having a hard time with the adjustment. See, men have not always had have to be nice, right? If I'm the provider, if I'm the protector, and society doesn't have a system in place that allows women to be their whole selves without just being the helpmate of a man, why would he have to be nice? Why would he have to be kind, right? Because as a woman, I need him to survive. I need him to have a roof over my head. I need him to provide for my children. So when you need someone, you have to accept certain things for your own survival. So this idea of men wanting to feel needed doesn't even make sense and is something that I think that men collectively need to sit around and have a discussion about because you should want to be wanted. But society has always gave you carte blanche and being needed that now that women are having what's the word? I can't even think of the word, right? What's the word where you have agency? Women have agency over their own bodies and their own lives. And for some reason, this offends men and their place in the family seems to be treated like we are at war. Now, I do believe that we are at war, right? Men and women are not aligned. Our puzzle pieces are no longer fitting together. Why is that? Because there are some truths that we can't ignore, right? So I did look up the word feminine energy and I asked Google, what is feminine energy? Feminine energy is all of the nurturing traits it takes to connect to human beings in a meaningful and fulfilling way. It's compassionate, kind, empathetic, patient, and emotional. It's about embracing your intuition and creativity. Feminine energy is 
fluid and free. Okay. All right. Nothing against feminine energy. The problem is that women are not just feminine energy, just like men are not just masculine energy. So I looked up the word masculine energy as well. Because oftentimes I hear people talk about feminine energy or I hear them talk about toxic masculinity. But there's also masculine energy that exists just because. And what is that? Well, masculine energy is the side of your being that is responsible for taking action. This originates in the thinking process. In order to act, we need to decide. In order to decide, we need confidence in our decision-making process and in our ability to follow through on our decision. Okay, so I realized that most men have been taught to live only in their feminine energy and they want for women to only live in their feminine energy. The problem is we need balance. Say it with me, y'all. Balance, nothing, nothing can be healthy without balance. What is balance? Balance is the key and that right there is what is wrong with society. It seeks to live in great extremes while our spirits are calling for balance of power and of being. I love that word being, right? because I often talk about the fact that people just want to be. People just want to exist. But this fight to force women to live in one box or to force anyone for that matter to live in one box is what is destroying the fabric of family, right? You want to go back to things but no one wants to talk about exactly what we're going back to. It's not fair. And it feels like those oppressed are choosing to not be oppressed any longer. We will seem, oh, I'm getting tongue-tied because I'm realizing that Everything is about extremes, right? Everything is about those in power seeking to oppress those that are not in power. People want you to be seen and not heard. I do believe that we all need to do better as it relates to communicating, but understand that womanhood in itself is not a monolith. For those who choose to walk in traditional values, if it's her choice, then she should be able to decide that. You heard that word? Decide, right? I don't consider myself a feminist because as a black woman, there are still things that, uh, that are not accounted for. However, I do realize that I am a womanist and a womanist means that I have choices. And sometimes it seems that even in feminism and womanism, people still want you to choose to be what they have decided you should be. And that's not how none of this works, right? None of this works that way. I get to decide if I want a traditional relationship. I get to decide if I want a relationship that is 50-50. I get to decide if I want a relationship that adds men, that has children, where I can work, whether I stay home, whether he stay home. 
We get to choose a partner that works best for who we really are, right? A man gets to say that he doesn't want a woman to go to work, but then he needs to find a woman who wants to stay home and take care of the family in that way. Because I don't think there's anything wrong with choosing to take care of your family in that way if that's what you choose to do. Choice. Choice. If it is her choice, then she should be able to decide that and live in that light. Because it is what her heart desires. But for those who choose not to and choose to not dim their light for the emotional security of men, they too should have that choice. For the women in relationships where you are nagging and yelling and begging a man to lead, leave, sis. Leave. You mad because he ain't the one, right? There are some women who are tired, right? Not of working, not of taking care of ourselves primarily, but of the false hope of having a real partner who values and works with you. Values, right? Have any of you asked your grandmother, was she valued? Or even your grandfather, right? I'm sure that there are men who felt like their job was just to be the provider and the protector, and that had to be a heavy burden as well. Like, Imagine being a whole human being and then being raised to fit into one box, this feminine box or this masculine box, and you couldn't exist in the full spirit of who you are. And then we're wondering why people seem ungrateful, right? And we're wondering why people feel like they feel used and abused or undervalued. It's because we don't get to be our full selves. So when T.D. Jake said, be feminine, I was like, okay, on one side, I do get it. Because like I said, if you are nagging and berating your partner, I really believe that if you are nagging or berating your partner, said partner is not for you. Because it is never okay to be disrespectful. However, I also believe that a man who can lead doesn't need my permission right? If you a leader, you just the leader and your actions exhibit that of a leader. So when I see people only equate these relationships that are failing today against the relationships of the past without having discussions with your elders about what the rules and regulations of that time were, I am often a little disgruntled and I, for one, would like to have a conference or a meeting of the minds with men, women, young and old, right? And I mean old, old, like our grandparents, because what men don't often realize is that it is our grandmothers who are telling us not to accept the things that they accepted. It is our grandmothers sneaking us money and saying to go off and go to school and get educated and to use the contraception and to not to get yourself pregnant because they don't want you to have the life that they have had to live. So I am dumbfounded, right? So for those who have had good grandparents, 
it may be true because by the time many of them became grandparents, they were old and tired and grandpa had already stopped or couldn't be disrespectful anymore. And they maybe settle into a role. But why does love have to look like sacrifice, right? Because women aren't asked to allow to be that way, right? Men, a man would never accept the shit that they ask women to accept. It's kind of like when people want to talk about cheating. Oh God, I can't talk about cheating right now. So that is clearly going to have to be a whole entire episode. So with that, I just want to say this in love. You can, we can have healthy relationships, but we cannot have a healthy relationship without communication, without balance. And this blame game and this comparing game without knowledge is just ridiculous. I love you guys, right? It is important for the different generations to have conversations, learn from the mistakes of the past. Because I'm not blaming men or women for the past. That was patriarchal rule. That was the societal norms. I just wanted to point out how those norms may have affected the relationship as you see it, right? Sitting at your grandparents' feet, but not being there for the duration or for the hard parts of their relationship. So with that, I'm tired of talking to you guys. Bye.